the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Today's episode of the Spot Track Podcast is brought to you by The Athletic. Speaking out all the sports journalism in this very eerie and weird sports time, including something to keep an eye on here. Major League Baseball is discussing the opportunity or the possibility, I should say, of have, not having a season this year. And what does that mean for players' salaries? What does that mean for sponsorships that have come into effect? All those ridiculous things that go into an entire 162-game season. Um, agents, front offices, they're starting to talk about it at least. And they're going to bring it to the Players Association and, of course, the league. But uh, the Athletic is covering this already because it's become a big topic of discussion as things kind of push out, right, as these you know, days we're going to get back into this become far further and further down the road. So something to keep an eye on in the athletic for sure. Visit theathletic.com slash spot track S P O T R A C for 40% off. And you can get three months, 90 days free right now during this hiatus. So, um, plenty, plenty of reasons to go to the athletic and, and read everything from every sport and all your local markets across the, uh, across the entire nation. All right. We're back on a, uh, on a somewhat daily schedule here because, it's the big NFL free agency week still. We're still, uh, I mean, there's probably still a half dozen to a dozen signings happening every couple hours here. So plenty to catch up on. We're going to bring Scott Allen back in for, uh, for the Monday edition of this. Recap what's going on in football uh, and switch gears, no pun intended, to what we saw today on FS1. And I'm sure many of you saw it as well because it was the only sporting event happening. Uh, we'll tease that for now and leave that for a little bit later. But Outside of that, we're just going to crank down some of these, the best available free agents available, uh, a couple of the signings that came through. We'll break down some of the numbers because there is some interesting contract structures happening, especially on a team, a team basis. Uh, so we'll dive into how some of these contracts are being structured. I, I've pushed some tweets out that sort of uh, speak to this a little bit, but no hurt in talking a little bit more about that and answering some of your questions as well. At Spotrek on Twitter, S-P-O-T-R-A-C. Scott, thanks for joining yet again. Let's let's get right into it. You want to? I'll, I'll let you pick. Are we talking football first? Or are you sick of football? Should we switch gears and and bring this FS1 iRacing event in? Uh, let's let's go with the football. Let's get that out of the way, and then <laughs> we'll we'll get into some some other stuff here. Okay. All right. So, anything jump off the page this week with you? We've got details on Brady. We've got details on Breeze. Uh, what we do know is Brady breeze and rivers are all making $25 million this year. That's, that's something we do yeah. know, which is eighth in, in quarterback cash. So is that, are you good with that? Are you, would you have expected to see them higher? No, I think that's about right. So I got, I got to say two things surrounding these quarterbacks because we had plenty, plenty of conversations here before this thing all came together. There was a report today that rivers, if rivers didn't get this deal, he was done. He was going to walk away. It was about this right here. He, it needed to be this kind of money with this kind of team or it was done. So that's good to hear because we were all sort of having that conversation. You know, it, it seems yeah. like the decline is, is very evident with him. Um, and I don't know how this bodes for Indianapolis, <laughs> but, but, you know, they're, they're willing to take a chance. It's fully guaranteed. Twenty five million fully guaranteed. Uh, so. They're stuck with it at this point. They've already traded Brian or released Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer's already a New England Patriot, so uh, you know the tea leaves are done. Whether or not they move on from Brissett is moot at this point. He's a backup here. I think he's a backup wherever he goes at this point. So I don't imagine he's traded, uh, especially with his bonus kicking in yesterday. So it's 
you know, the Indy's sort of set in stone with how this is going to go for Phillip Rivers. Same goes with Brady, two for 50, fully guaranteed. There's a couple of roster bonuses that, you know, I guess they could get out of it if they had to and, and trade him, but he's got to approve it. It's got a full no trade clause. It's got a full no franchise tag clause after 2021. Uh, it's got all those top five passer incentives that he had with New England last year, and he eclipsed none of them, by the way. So he's got a lot of chances to make some dough here, but it's it's all locked in at $50 million. I, I, I think we expected it to be a little higher, and I, I don't know if, Scott, you've had the chance to read any of the pieces today. There were two great ones, uh, one from Rick Stroud in Tampa and then one from Seth Wickersham of ESPN, sort of opposite sides of the spectrum, but both detailing Brady's decision here. Uh, the one in Tampa from Rick Stroud was outstanding because it actually included Brady, and it included his thoughts, what was important to him, uh, what was important to him as he joined the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with the mindset that he may not be training with these guys for the next five months. I mean, he might not see the field with these guys for until late August, early September. It's, that's a reality that we're all kind of considering. So uh, really interesting in-depth stuff. I tweeted it out this afternoon if, if, if you want to take a look at that. It's, it's not crazy long. Uh, it's just a smart, detail-oriented piece that really shows you what Brady was thinking when he made this decision. So give that a look for sure. Yeah. And then Wicker Sam's is a, a little bit lengthier as he tends to be. <laughs> He's sort of the, uh, you know, you know the, the magazineist over there, the feature guy in ESPN, but he, uh, he does a great job as well from the Patriot side of it, which he's done in the past. So this was, this was sort of the day to, to dive into Brady from an, from a emotional standpoint. You know, we, we know the contract now we know where he's landed We've done all of our homework on how this lineup's going to work in Tampa Bay. It's just a waiting game now. Like I said, with no training and no mini camp and all that, you know, we assume that it's going to be week one. <laughs> we can unveil the Brady, you know, the new Brady in Tampa. But which will, that's weird. That's weird. Let me let me let me pose a question to you here. I was having some fun with this in my head. Uh, I don't know, past couple of days, the NFL makes a big deal about scheduling that first game, and generally, it's the the Super Bowl champs, right? Right. So we're talking about KC versus who? Mm, usually, I mean, probably New England. Well, it, it, it's a sen- uh, It's usually, I mean, would they do Tennessee or is that too boring? Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, I was thinking right. about it because where I'm going with this is, is what do you do for Brady's debut? Do you do Monday Brady, night, Sunday night? Brady Breeze right out of the gate? Hmm. It's generally yeah, a division that, that, game, right? It's generally a division um, game that first I, week. I, yeah, I think sometimes I, I think they try to do division game, but yeah, not so much that Thursday that night that opener, but yeah, that first Sunday is usually an in division game. So if uh, assuming Tampa won't be the Thursday game, which I, I don't know why they would, uh, yeah, you put them on one of those primetime games, and I, I'd pick for, I'd pick Breeze. I'd pick Breeze. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, uh, and sometimes that Monday night is a double header. So, I true. mean, you could go if ESPN can get, uh, you know, Tampa Saints and then an out West game. I mean, yeah, that I think I think any of those primetime games, they're going to try to make sure to have that happen. I think so, too. Yeah, I think I, I think Buffalo has a chance to be one of those Monday night games, by the way. They're going to have to be rewarded for, for their playoff run a little bit. 
And yeah, I would agree on that. And they made enough moves this off season, I think, to push them into that conversation to be to at least be relevant for the early start of the season. Uh, man, I, I don't know if you can do New England on the Thursday game. <laughs> Not to get it too off track here, but Brian Hoyer. I think it's going to be Brian Hoyer. <laughs> I think it's going to be Brian Hoyer. Uh, I don't know. I guess Casey and I mean, do you if I haven't looked at the schedule, but if they play the 49ers, do you throw that in as the opener? No, you can't do a Super Bowl rematch. <laughs> you can't do it. Let me, let me throw an interesting scenario at you, though. It's not going to be too much of a, of a story, but Sammy Watkins is going to fall off this Chiefs roster and nobody needs a wide receiver more than New England. So that could be a situation where you've got a little bit of interest between the two teams. I just don't think New England can survive. They, they may yeah. still contend in the AFC Ooh. East, but. So I, I, I just pulled up Kansas City Chiefs opponents for 2020. Yeah. And uh, they play the Buccaneers this year. Well, they're not doing that, are do you they? Do, do you do KC Tampa to open? My goodness. Well, there you go. I guess I have to and, vote for and, that now. And, KC's at Tampa, so I don't know if they would do that. Oh no, it's KC probably got to be KC, right? So their their home games are uh, Broncos, Chargers, Raiders, Patriots, Jets, Falcons, Panthers, Texans. Man, is it going to be Houston? I was trying to avoid Houston. I think it might be Houston. Yeah. Um. Okay, no big deal, man. But KC Tampa is absolutely Monday night, yeah. Sunday night, right? That's a, that's a ridiculous primetime game now. Oh, yes, yeah, absolutely. That's a primetime game. All right, let's get off this. We're, we're trailing, but it, yep. it's always good to look forward. All right, I mentioned Hoyer. Any thoughts? It's it's essentially the league minimum. The The Colts are paying. They, the Colts had a $2 million roster bonus to pay him, so New England cuts in about a half of that, about a million, million five, um, the, his minimum salary. So there's some offsets there to deal with, which, I, I mean, if he's your starting quarterback at a million dollars, and he's got experience in that system. I, I get it. I, I, was, I, I was thinking Brissett would be the guy that took this kind of role with New England because he's younger and there's a little bit higher ceiling, I would imagine. I mean, Brian Hoyer at 34 years old, you, you know exactly what you're getting. But this sort of answers some of those questions we had last week, Scott, which is who, who are the Patriots going to be? Now we know. They're going to be same old Patriots, and they're just going to try to keep this ship rolling. They, they know they're going to have limitations, but at least Hoyer has knowledge of this system, and you, you won't have to change the playbook for these young guys, you know, Sonny Michelle and Nikhil Harry. You can mm-hmm. keep the status quo and bring in a guy who's not going to be as talented but at least knows what the heck is going on, right? Right, but and I also think this this may be writing on the wall that in the draft – I don't Maybe know. they're going to target, target a quarterback to know. sit for the year. But they like the yeah. Stidham kid, unless it's just Patriots talk, and they're telling us they like him, but they hate him. You know? they're, they're, they're all, yeah, they're always going to talk that way because – Well, that's I how mean, they trade quarterbacks. They, they want to sell high. Yeah, yeah, that's how they always trade their backup. They, they, talk to, they, they give him three, four games. He looks you know, good enough, and then they talk him up and get him out of town. But right. that, it, it does really seem like they like him because otherwise you're getting Cam Newton right now. Don't you, don't you agree? Yeah, I would. So the fact that they're not getting Cam Newton and they're bringing in this bridge, the safety bridge uh, of Brian Hoyer. Now, maybe you're right. Maybe they go and get somebody. I, I wouldn't count on it. I wouldn't count. I, I think they're 
attacking a receiver, another weapon, a tight end yeah. or a receiver in this draft. Right now they have a, a first, three-thirds, mm -hmm. a fourth, and then a ton of sixth and seventh. So, I mean, Patriots love they, – they hate having that many picks. So sure. you know they're going to package a bunch of those to move up. So, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they packaged – some of those, uh, th the threes and the four or three and a fifth to get up into the high second round uh, to take a quarterback or something. So, I mean, I, I would not put it off the table. Well, one thing we absolutely do know is they're not done. <laughs> Whatever it is, if it's a trade or a lease, they're, they're just not done. They, they don't operate this way. They, they're not impulsive. The second the league year starts, things happen. That's just not how they operate. They never have. Um, and, and until this, this front office regime leaves, that's going to be the status quo. So there, there are moves that come in New England for sure. Uh, and now, like I said, at, at least I think now we can settle into that. They're just going to try to continue on here. They're certainly not going to strip down too much. Um, and we'll see how the draft goes. It's a big draft for them for sure to see if they can flip yeah. this thing on the fly and put, put a system around Hoyer that can at least compete in the AFC East, which I, I have no reason to believe why they wouldn't. I mean, Buffalo... Buffalo maybe have the edge in Vegas, but I put New England and the Jets right there. Right there. Yeah, yeah, that division is going to be a slugfest close. for sure. Yeah, close enough. So, all right, let's get off the Patriots. There's been too much of them forever. Um, best available, obviously Clowney. Report, yeah. There's reports today in Mike Florio Pro Football Talk is basically saying Seattle's the, the front runner. In my head, they always have been, and this is why. I've said it a million times on a million shows. Uh, He's just not getting 20 million, <laughs> right? He, he went out there. The Seattle basically said, go get your money. And it was always in my head that he wasn't going to get it. You're not going to get that Mac contract, that Donald contract, uh, that Frank Clark contract. You're just not. You've been too inconsistent, too injured. Um, and, the, and the compensation that, that Houston was trying to get for you and never got in a trade was indication number one, two, and three that you're just not worth that major contract. So, uh, it was always going to be go get your 20 million. And when you do it, we'll come back. We'll give you 16 and a half or 17, whatever it is. So that's to me, that's where we're trending. I expect a deal in Seattle. I don't know, maybe by the time this show is over. So, you know, maybe by the time you're listening to this, he's already signed something there, but it certainly seems it's trending in that direction. And I'm not surprised one bit. Robbie Anderson. What's going on? Yeah, I know. Surprised he hasn't been uh, eaten up by a team yet. Have you done any research on this? I haven't. Not only does he not have a team, it doesn't appear that, he, as that he's had an offer. Oh, wow. His agent came on social media and basically said it's been radio silent on Robbie Anderson, and we don't know why. So <laughs> unless there's something going on, I mean, this was arguably the best wide receiver available. Yeah. A lot of people thought so, just from versatility, age, all that. And he wasn't going to break the bank. That's what I mean, uh, unless Robbie Anderson made it clear that he needed $18 million a year and he's not going to budge. I don't understand why people aren't at least calling and offering him 12 or 13, you know? I, yeah. I don't right. get that at all. So uh, I, to me, that one is a total mystery and wherever he ends up, I'll tell you who needs him right now, San Francisco, San Francisco has got to replace Emmanuel Sanders and they've got two first to be able to do that now, but you want to bring in a veteran of some degree to go with the young kids who certainly have some promise. But to me, that's a team. I think the Raiders need a piece. Uh, that's a fit. I, I had him in Carolina, but Carolina signed about 71 wide receivers in the last four days, you know, none of which have the, the ceiling that Robbie Anderson does, but I understand what they're doing. They're, they're going for depth um, versus that splash contract. But there are teams out there for sure that, that could use the, his services. 
I don't know why this is taking so long. But like I said, maybe it's just that his price has to drop. We'll see. That's certainly a name out there. Anyone else jump off the board at you here? Um, I, I mean, Everson Griffin. Yes. Tremaine, Tremaine Johnson. Yeah. Xavier Rhodes. I mean, some of these uh, defensive players. Griffin's a good out. one, Scott. Griffin's a real good one because a lot of people thought it was going to be the similar clowny situation where they basically said, all right, we can't afford you on the current contract. We're, we're going to cut you out of this. Go try to get your big splash money. If you find it good, if you don't come back, we'll talk. Uh, that hasn't been the case at all. So uh, I know he's been linked to Dallas, but they're out now. They've made some other moves. He, this is a heck of a player. He, again, this has to be the price tag is just too high right now. And teams are waiting it out, waiting for that thing to drop a little bit, but that's a heck of a player waiting to be a, waiting to be brought onto a team. We'll see. Colts, I like the Colts for him. Um, I know they've done some damage with DeForest Buckner, and they've got Justin Houston. Uh, but look, the, we know one thing about Indianapolis. This is the year. Okay, I mean, you've got Phillip Rivers on a fully guaranteed one-year contract. This is the year to, to overspend on a couple of other pieces and see if you've got yeah. this thing, right? So yeah. that's a team I, I, would, I could see plugging and playing a couple of more pieces before it's all said and done. Yeah, you mentioned a couple of defensive guys. Uh, it's getting it's getting thin pretty fast, as you might expect. But here's a name, kind of the top of our list here. Is Joe Flacco done? Does he take a backup uh, I, deal somewhere? Yeah, we talked about this the other day. Yeah, I, I I I think I think it's probably time for him to hang up the cleats and sure. and be done. I mean, like we said, there's a lot of other backup quarterbacks that are, are going to be potentially better than what he is at right now. So let's talk about I, it. I, I mean, let's talk about Jameis cam and Dalton. What the heck's going to happen here? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, I mean, I imagine Jacksonville's one of the pieces. I mean, they got Gardner Minshew. Yeah, right. Now. right. <laughs> you know, and I understand that they're probably stripping it down for Trevor Lawrence, but uh, I don't know. Doesn't it make sense to bring somebody in? Yeah, it does. I mean, they they have nothing to lose right now outside of, I mean, tank for Trevor top. But um, yeah, I I, I mean, I'm kind of surprised that, I mean, I know Carolina has came out and said, find a trade partner and we'll we'll make it work. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it, He's getting released. Scott. If they, I was going to say, if they don't find a trade, it's it's the inevitable release, yeah, right? He's getting released. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm having so much trouble with Jameis Winston right now. I, I really am. I just don't have it. I don't have a smart backup role for him right now because I assume that's what it's going to be. I, I mean, the, the only other job kind of up in the air is, are the Chargers. And Do, do you it, think maybe he doesn't? he doesn't get signed at all until after the draft pieces fall. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's why I'm saying the chargers here. I I think the chargers look at Tyrod Taylor and say, we're fine with this. We don't need to go and make a splash for cam or a splash for Jameis on a high, on a a high paid backup contract when we're going to assess this draft and the number six pick and see what happens. Uh, I mean, I I assume Justin Herbert's going to be there at six, but if they want to, you know, put all their chips in and move up for one of these top two guys, then I'm sure they at least want to see if they have that opportunity before they sign another piece. So it's very possible that all of these guys, including Dalton, 
are, are, are in limbo and on their current teams until further notice and the draft being part of that. Um, it's just, it's complicated. It's really complicated yeah. because, uh, and Dak too. <laughs> we can't, we can't not talk about Dak Prescott. Is he going to play on this tag? <laughs> yeah. Because here's the problem about a holdout. I don't know. Here's the problem about a holdout. It wouldn't be, by the way, because it's a tag that he won't sign. So there'd be no compensation lost at all outside of, you know, what he could have made on the tag if, he, if, if it leaks into the season. But we already mentioned how there's probably not going to be an off season mm-hmm. at all. So he's not going to be missing anything because everybody's going to be missing this stuff. <laughs> so is it just going to be, I'll talk to you in September, <laughs> you know, De- leave, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. Right. Call, I mean, call me with your yeah. next offer or leave me alone. It, it, it's just a weird situation for this to happen. I mean, obviously they have until July 15th to get anything done multi-year. Uh, mm-hmm. It's worth continuing to talk about because it's, it's going to drag on. And as this hiatus continues, the closer and closer the NFL gets to being involved in this hiatus, the more damning a situation like that will become because it's going to be, it's, it's not going to be as obvious as like as Melvin Gordon or Le'Veon Bell, who every single day there was a reminder that he wasn't there with the team. You know what I mean? Dak can can literally just run off and, and, and sit on a beach chair somewhere and he can ghost this entire process. He can just be gone. He can make himself invisible. So it's a weird situation, but it's something to keep an eye on. I've heard nothing, by the way, of you. I have not. I mean, I'm nope. sure Jerry Jones has lost an unbelievable amount of money in the past month. I know what I've lost. <laughs> and yeah. I can't even imagine what these billionaires yeah. have lost. And it's got to it's gotta be at least a factor in how the NFL teams are being managed right now because these owners, yes, they've got a ridiculous amount of money, but they got, they've got a ridiculous amount to lose as well. So... Well, I'm, not, that, I'm not crying for him. I'm just saying it's probably a factor in how teams are operating right now. Right. And, and I, I mean, that's so far out right now. We don't even know where we're going to be at in September as far as, I mean, if yeah. they're going to have to push their season back and then that revenue gets mm-hmm. messed up and, you know, th- that would affect Everybody. that extension money and everything else. So, yeah. Hmm. Okay. So we still have no place for Jameis Winston. He's not going to back up t- Tom Brady, is he? I mean, it's, I would say it's a possibility. Yeah, I would too. The only reason I'm saying no is, I mean, is Arians kind of, yeah, but Arians kind of threw him under the bus with a couple of press conferences. Yeah, he did. But I was going to say, if you're Jameis, I mean, don't you sort of want to go and back up him for a year or two to learn from someone that's done it? I mean, especially when you're playing musical chairs and there's no chairs left and no one's going to want you. If you can go back there for whatever you need to, um, just to, to learn. I mean, I ran some quarterback numbers today. Just wanted to see who was kind of paying what, because I, I, I knew the Colts would have to be up there with this rivers and Brissett contract in the fold. And they were there. I believe they're fourth in cash and cash allocated for quarterback spending. You know, who's first, it's Seattle because Wilson's going to make about 53 million this year, but he's the only, guess. he's the only quarterback signed right now. Scott, is that a Jameis spot? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that is. Yeah. I think, yeah, that, I I think mean, that could work. 
Yeah, a fresh scene. Um, veteran coach there. Uh, I mean, Arians is too, but I mean, just a different scenery. Yeah, I, I could I could see that potentially working. And then let me give you one more piece while we're doing our predictions here. Uh, so Tannehill takes over from Mariota. Mariota's gone. How about Andy Dalton, the backup Tannehill? Very similar players. Yeah. And Tennessee's going for it. I mean, this is, uh, this is no joke now, right? New England's down, down uh, going to be down. It's going to be the Bills they'll compete, they're competing with, maybe Houston again. But this is a year for Tennessee. They're not the Chiefs, but this is a year for Tennessee. So I, I think it makes a ton of sense to throw, once he's released, of course. I, I don't think they would trade for him and, and give up some draft assets. But if he's released and you can bring him in on a you know, $6.5, 7000000 million backup deal, something similar to what Tannehill had last year, I, I could see it. I could absolutely see that. So there you go. Two, two predictions. Uh, no idea where Cam goes. Absolutely no clue. <laughs> I can't imagine he stays now. My goodness. They're, Carolina already tweeted his goodbye. So <laughs> from the official account. Yeah. So. Writing's on the wall. <laughs> um, all right. Anyone else stand out here? Can we move off the NFL? Not yeah, I, I think we can move off. I mean, the only last thing I would say is, I mean, there's got a couple – couple uh, offensive linemen left there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Veteran. I mean, we got Jason I Peters. Mean, J- Jason Peters. He's old, but he's good. And I mean, Cordy Glenn, you've got up there too. So, sure. I mean, you, you, you got some good offensive linemen. I mean, I, I saw some people saying, you know, Tampa Bay should go after Peters to help on that line with Brady there now. And I mean, I was one of them. <laughs> I think it makes so. a ton of sense. And uh, I do think they need a defensive tackle as well. So I got somebody like Shelby Harris or bring back and Demick something like that. Yeah. It's all in now. Now, now it's about uh, you're building your dream team now in Tampa. I mean, you've got two years of Tom Brady. We have no idea what he's going to look like. So you put a couple of these other, these free agents on one year deals, maybe with options for the second year. And you know, if it's, if it's a one year, if he's terrible this year, Brady, you know, you can, you can bite the bullet and, and save some cash next year on a couple of guys. But yeah, I'd be plugging and playing more veterans right now for sure. The tight end market really got thin. Yeah, it did. Thanks to Jimmy Graham's contract. This is one of them I have, I have to get to today. I don't know if you've seen this. I don't know if you've seen the tweets about it. Uh, this, is a, this is a fantastic <laughs> contract. So Jimmy Graham signed a 3 for $30 million contract in Green Bay two years ago. He was set to make $8 million this year in Green Bay, and, and Green Bay, rightfully so, said, nah, can't do that. All right, you're done. You're 33. Uh, we're going we're gonna to find something uh, younger, cheaper, better. So Chicago picks him up, and we see the terms on the contract, and we're, out, we're already gawking at it because we find out that Jimmy Graham makes $9 million guaranteed this year, and then there's this wrinkle, a no-trade clause. Jimmy Graham got a no trade clause. There's like four guys in the NFL that have a no trade clause. Yeah. And Brady none of them wonderful. are 33 year old tight ends. So no. <laughs> it's unbelievable. First of all, nobody's trading for this contract. They overpaid by like 4 million. So n- nobody's pay- trading for this. So the fact that this has to be there or that his agent demanded it or whatever, however this happened is just hysterical. It was one of the bright spots of the day for me seeing this information come across, but God bless the Chicago bears. They overpaid for Trey Burton two years ago. They're still dealing with that. He's been injured basically every game since, and now they're going to start over with Jimmy Graham. I, I mean, they know how cheap draft picks are, right? You can just draft a tight end and 
paying like three million for four years. They understand how that works, right? It's pretty. Apparently it's, not. It's pretty great. It's in the CBA. You just got to read a couple of lines. It's pretty great. Apparently not to them. My goodness. Uh, we'll see. Okay, Nick Foles to Jimmy Graham. I guess that's what it's going to be. That's what they're hoping for. All right, let's get off the NFL. Uh, any any issues with contracts, or you, you want some breakdowns or clarifications? Hit me up at on Twitter at Spot Track. We've got a new sponsor. Uh, I'm just going to kind of throw this out there because it's kind of a bad time of a year to talk about them with the hiatus. But Fantasy Pros is on board with Spot Track, and I am crazy excited about this. I have used them for about two and a half years now, maybe since their inception. I'm going to have to look this up. I might be one of the OGs on Fantasy Pros, but I've been using them for a variety of things. So not just for fantasy leagues. I'm in a basketball league, a bunch of baseball leagues, a bunch of football leagues every year. Um, and it's great. You import your leagues. They give you all the information. Who should you draft? Who should you start and sit? How can you make your, your, your lineup better? And they bring in all the, you know, they sync with your league to, to show you available free agents and who's trending and all the stats, the nerdy stats, the basic stats. It's just crazy in depth. And then, and I've started using this this past year, they've got a whole DFS section with a DFS optimizer where they basically take every single week in the NFL, get strength of schedule, weather, opponent, you know, if you're looking for a quarterback, what kind of pass, or, you know, defensive secondary are they facing, all that stuff. And they rank them and they rank potential points, their ceilings, all that stuff. And that you can generate your DFS team through DraftKings or FanDuel or whatever right on the site, right on Fantasy Pros, and submit it right there. You, it's just a one-stop shop for all this stuff. It's crazy great. It's crazy great. They've got, they've got a free service that gives you some limited access, and then I, be, I believe three tiers of, of payment uh, of paid services where you can go up and add you know, mock drafts and all this great stuff. It's just... There's so many tools, Scott. I've been through about 25% of them, <laughs> to be honest. And I, I know you use it as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, I do. I, I used it for with the NBA for daily fantasy uh, just to give it a shot nice. this year. And, man, it, it was great. I mean, you can run multiple lineups. You can run a single lineup. You can pick what players you want. It generates 20 lineups for you. And, I mean, you can see how what what the total projected points would be. And Yeah, probabilities and, and all that. Yeah. Yeah, it's smart. It's way smarter than we are is what we're saying. And it's definitely worth your membership. So visit fantasypros.com. Check it out. Uh, tell them we sent you all that good stuff. We'll be uh, partnering with them going forward as fantasy actually gets back into the swing of things, of course. But uh, wanted to get that out there that they're on board with Spot Track as well. All right. Uh, where are we going here? Movies? Let's go to the uh, uh, iRacing. Let's go to uh, uh, FS1 today. Yeah. <laughs> FS1. So it was brought to my attention. And I, I have to tell you something. I've been so invested in trying to f- figure out what the heck I'm going to do with homeschooling that I, I totally missed this one the last couple of days. But FS1, Fox Sports, put on an iRacing Pro Invitational today on a national broadcast. This is eSports. This is sim- simulated NASCAR racing. It's, a big, it's been a big deal forever. I mean, we, we were playing NASCAR racing games on mm. original Nintendo you know, right. 30 years ago, Scott. I mean, this is, yep. this is a long time coming. The graphics, as you might imagine, are ridiculous. And so much so that they threw it on FS1 today with a, an actual simulated race, and it looked pretty darn... I brought my wife over, and I said, Ange, check out what I'm watching. And she's like, I thought all sports were done. I said, no, no. This is a video game. This is a video game being broadcast on national TV. Yeah, and I did the same was, thing. She was crazy impressed, and, I've, and I think anybody who watched it was too. I, we talked about this a little bit off air, but 
to me, the best thing about it, and we, we can go down the rabbit hole as far as we want here, but the best thing about it was that Fox treated this completely like a NASCAR race. They yeah. had the anthem. They had the introductions. It was Jeff Gordon and the, and the whole broadcast team that would have done an actual live race. Uh, you had your in-race in, in analysis, instant replays. It just it looked, felt, and sounded like a real NASCAR race. Yeah, it was great. I mean, I, I did the same thing with uh, my wife and my son and said, oh, hey, check that out. And they were like, huh? And uh, yeah, I mean, I said, yeah, this is a, a video game. And I mean, the commentation was great. I Outstanding. mean, uh, it, it, if you didn't, if you were just walking through, you wouldn't wouldn't have even realized. Yes. Yeah, so, and and yeah. we talked about this, too. During it, we, we were kind of going back and forth during this event. One of the neater things, and it's something that you can't have in the real race for obvious reasons, but the analyst, Jeff Gordon, the, uh, the color analyst, had access to the, the car data for all of the cars because that's what you can do in a video game. You can essentially be a manager. Right. So yeah. he knew when Denny Hamlin's left tires were going or Kyle Busch was you know, having rear trouble. It, it was incredible because he was able to broadcast it from a way more in-depth standpoint. He, he was actually, it was kind of Tony Romo-ish, right? He was kind of foreshadowing, hey, this guy's definitely going to have to pit in three or, three or four laps because his tires are, are, are visibly bad. Um, that was a very cool aspect of it. But the crashes were pretty realistic and, and as impactful as they would have been without the actual injuries, of course. Uh, it, was a, it was a photo finish. It was a phenomenal finish. Like I said, it... It looked, smelled, felt, and listened and sounded like a real NASCAR race. It's a heck of a production job by Fox, truly. And uh, it's a testament to how far this whole simulation process has come. We didn't even, we didn't even bring up the, the, most, the coolest part. Half the field, maybe more than half the field, were the actual NASCAR drivers at, yeah. their, ho- yeah. at their houses in these... Yeah, sim- in those in rigs. These, in these rear, yeah, these R seats, these rig seats, which... And then the other half of the field were... Uh, amateur, well, I guess professional esports players who are, you know, non NASCAR drivers who had to qualify for this invitational. And one of them placed third. He was in first place for a ton of this, this Timmy Hill kid. And what was cool is they were showing live video feeds and having live interviews with these racers at their homes, you know, yeah, by, by, by the webcam. So you'd have Jimmy Johnson, you'd have Kyle Bush, you'd have Clint Boyer in these you know, multi-thousand dollar rigs <laughs> driving mm-hmm. these cars. Then you go to Timmy Hill on his desktop <laughs> with a wheel hooked up to his desk, like screwed into yeah. his desk. And this kid's winning the race right now. It was just, <laughs> it was such a neat dynamic. But I yeah, look, there's, there's money involved. This iRacing comes with about $300,000 per year in terms of the, uh, it's a season long kind of event. Here's, did you know these NASCAR drivers were already doing this? Yeah, I did. I, I, I had read up not, a little not bit. Not just on today, it. Scott. I mean, like throughout a seat, they, they were involved on an annual basis in these seasons. Yeah, and they, they use it for, for training purposes yeah. too, ahead of going into, you know, for strategy and that kind of stuff. So it, it's pretty sweet. I, uh, I did some research before the show here just because I, I was embarrassed at how little I knew about this, even though I watch NASCAR pretty regularly. Uh, Denny Hamlin got into NASCAR via this. Yes, he, he was did. a simulation yep. superstar. And guess who else was with him? Dale Earnhardt Jr. Yeah, it was pretty cool to see him racing today, too. Well, on that. Earnhardt Jr. and Hamlin met through iRacing, through simulated NASCAR. That's oh, how wow. they met way back in the day. 
And I guess the two of them were just monsters. And if you, if you saw Junior today, Earnhardt Jr., he drives one-handed. He drives like my dad driving down, you know, the highway <laughs> with no place particular to go. And he, yeah. he thinks it's, there's a steadiness to it. He, he actually chooses to drive one-handed, whereas everybody else was. I mean, Jimmy Johnson looked like he was in a car that was bouncing around. He was clearly not a professional at this. He, uh, <laughs> you know, he, he was nervous. He could tell. And he, he, he wrecked a couple of times because he just wasn't, he wasn't as advanced with this stuff as some of the guys. But Hamlin wins the race. And the backstory shows why he is a he's a superstar in this simulator racing. So, really, really kind of neat to to, to un- unpack all that. Uh, and this is just uh, version one of this, right? I mean, we're going to see this with these other sports. Oh, yeah, I I would think you'd see it with the other sports, or at least you you should. I mean, they should be all over this right now. And on top of it, I mean, uh, we were talking offline while we were watching this. And I mean, the opportunities are endless for things that could come from this. I mean, real time stats. I mean, I mentioned seeing, you know, tire tread wear or what is their gas? What is their gas tank left? Mm -hmm. You know, oh, this pit, they did two tires versus four tire. I mean, endless possibilities of stats for the viewership uh, because it's all within the simulated system. So you, you can know that information instantly. And of course, gambling and fantasy and that too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think the, the broadcast and the production and how well those, I, I obviously don't have the numbers, the, the ratings or the viewerships, but I have to imagine based on Twitter and I was on Twitter during most of this and it was, it was out there quite a bit trending pretty high. Um, yeah, I have to imagine the other networks are looking at us thinking, holy cow, what's next? What are we, what, what can we do? How do we get ourselves in this bucket? Um, well, I mean, I we mean, joked about if, an ABC basketball game, right? Or major league baseball should be having yeah. opening day d- doing something like this. Even, yeah. even if it's just an, you know, the esports players that are out there that play baseball or, or, you know, you, you brought up a great one with golf, with the simulator. Golf's got to be next. It's got to yeah. be next. These guys all have $15,000 golf simulators in their houses that already show all the actual courses and they can walk through these, you know, they can walk through these courses already. There's got to be some sort of simulated league that can work just like NASCAR, right? Yeah, you would think. And the graphics I mean, are bonkers. Uh, you're going to feel like you're watching the players championship, right? Yeah. Not, I was watching right before we came on, I I saw an article about uh, IndyCar racing. They did the exact same thing at at four o'clock this afternoon of racing Hmm. uh, one of their grand prix. And it was, um, they had their 20 racer field. And um, I think there were a few pros that were in there and, they raced 25% of an actual Grand Prix and they, the graphics were phenomenal. I mean, as, as those cars were turning, you saw the tread coming off the wheels. It was outstanding. It was outstanding. I, I was overly impressed. And I think a lot of people that watched were too. So we'll see where this goes. I'm not sure if this is a one and done scenario or if the plan is to keep running these things along with the NASCAR schedule. I, I'd be up for that. I just, I, I don't know if it's viable and here's the last thing I want to say, and I think it's worth saying, because I'm sure the ratings were, were better than anticipated for this. But this hiatus and all this plug and play, you know, baseball channels putting classic games on and CBS played the Duke Kentucky game yesterday in prime time. I mean, or during the, the dinner hour on the East Coast, at least. Um, I'm sure they're getting by 
with this kind of stuff, you know, this documentary stuff. Yeah. But it is it is never going to be more obvious to these networks how much they need live sports than right now for these next four or five months. It's going to be gl- – and, and, of course, the NFL is going to swoop right in. They're going to swoop right in with these expiring TV contracts and say, we know how much you need us. We know what your ratings were last year with us and now this year w- when there's no sports. We know how badly you need our product. Yeah. And I think the numbers can even grow now. Whatever they thought they were going to get, they can probably get 20% more because the networks are dying right now. They're just dying. I mean, they're, they're having to be creative, and, you know, we're all thanking them yeah, for it. Yeah, ESPN but. had, uh, what, Tom Brady Marathon. And then <laughs> right, before, right before I came on, I saw that they were running WrestleMania 30 again, and what? I didn't even know ESPN had rights to WrestleMania or WWE I, stuff. I asked you after the E-Race finished or the, the iRacing Pro Invitational finished, is this going to be the lead on Sports Center? Because I, I keep thinking, what the heck is Sports Center showing? Outside, I mean, once the NFL free agency stuff dies down, is it just going to be a month and a half of NFL draft stuff, wall to wall on Sports Center? Mm. Yikes! This kind of stuff's got to be on there. It's yeah, be. it does. I, I I think for the next two months, networks need to get themselves at least into the esports game into this market because it was a nice watch. I enjoyed it a lot. And that's really what I want to say about it for sure. Well, and the last thing I'll say is I think it was great how they did the split screen was showing the racers and, and like you said, talking to them, but you got to see the split screen and they were having fun and it was a different view for fans that you don't normally get to see because it's a a different uh, vehicle of it was Scott, but I want to say this too on on the heels of that, the, when they when they were showing the race, the e-race, the t- even the camera angles were exactly what you saw on a live race. It, yeah, they it, were. That was a big part of it. The, the video game is built so well that the TV angles are built mm-hmm. into it. And I think that's the case with a lot of the sports. I know I'm playing one of the newer baseball games right now. It, it's the same. When I'm pitching, it's the, it's the view that I'm looking at when I watch television. So yeah. that's why you can make the jump from the computer screen to the broadcast screen because it's, it looks and feels just like the, the live action game happening. Well, and I thought Jeff Gordon did a great job yeah. of commentating but not being afraid to say that this is new to him. He's not used to, yeah. you know, not seeing pit crews jump over the wall and it's just cars simulating tire changes and that kind of stuff. So it was really, really refreshing for hearing somebody say, I don't know this and I'm learning it just as much as some of the viewers are. I, the realism, though, uh, you, you're right. There, are, there were definitely a couple of things where it jumped out and like, oh, yeah, that's that's a simulation right there. But. Having Clint Boyer, one of the most veteran NASCAR drivers in the world, say, yeah, I was trying to get four tires, but I could only get two because I slid through my 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 uh, my pole spot so mm-hmm. I, or my pit, my pit lane. I split slid through it. That's realism. I mean, that was that was a driver having a realistic situation that caused him to lose the race. That, that I yep. thought that was outstanding. So, well, in the fact when they were talking about the reset and like, oh, I only yeah. have one reset, but I don't know how many everybody else has. So <laughs> that's I mean, where Gordon kind of fell off the tracks when guys were talking about you know getting new lives and extra lives and resets. Yeah. That's when it really felt like a video game. That's fine. That, that's oh yeah, it's absolutely. a new wrinkle. I mean, it's like the XFL, right? You got to bring some new stuff in. Um, yeah, it was neat. It was very neat. So if this was version or exhibit one, exhibit a for this whole process, 
yeah, I'm all for other other networks at least, at least making an attempt. I, you and I have played the more recent basketball games. Uh, they're ready for this. Well, they are ready it, for this. They, yeah, that and I, I I brought up the fact of you know NFL could be having Madden on right now. Even even if this situation we're in doesn't happen, I mean they should be doing this in the mini off camps. season. Cow- Cowboys mini camps via Madden. <laughs> yeah, why not? I mean, we're seeing Dak MLS sitting on a bench drinking coffee. <laughs> we're we're seeing MLS running simulations of games, and you know, I, I I thought of this earlier today. They could be running Madden games on ESPN, where there it's one p.m. It's this game. It's a Madden quote unquote simulation, but you can do all the betting and everything based yeah. on that simulation. Yep. Or do, you know, FanDuel can throw in or DraftKings can have their lineup where you can put your lineup in for that simulated game. It's it, it's content. And, I mean, we – on original Nintendo, we used to do Super Super Tech Mobile and run the simulation just to see who would win. And, I mean – Yeah, we weren't smart enough to bet on it back then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Good stuff. All right. All uh, right. I mean, obviously we're uh, we're shifting gears here with our content as well as this thing kind of rolls along outside of the NFL and there's plenty to talk about there but we're gonna we're gonna pace ourselves for a long week here. Uh, I mean we're quarantined like the rest of the nation I'm sure so yeah. th- we're kind of generating our own content right and one of the things I've been doing is just kind of going through books and and movies at least I'm trying to get through books it's yeah it's, I hear you. it's tough to get it back on the agenda but. Um, you know, and, and I'm, I'm trying to bring sports into as much of it as possible. Uh, sports movies you're watching right now or, or, you know, Netflix stuff or Hulu stuff. What, what are you doing? Uh, I, I'm trying to do some reading as well. And, um, I've actually, uh, on Netflix, there's a series that I found called formula one. So I was like, Oh, I, I'll, I'll try to learn a little bit more about formula one and, and get into that. I mean, documentary I mean, or it's literally, um, I guess you could say it's sort of like, it's not hard knocks, but it's hard knocks for yeah. indie racing. So they do 10 episodes throughout the whole season. They go through, I mean, they go through all the controversy of, you know, drivers. I mean, I, I, I've learned so much about indie racing through these 10 episodes. I mean, it, it, it's opened my eyes. I mean, I, I love the fact that there's a format where, the racers are racing for the podium and they're racing for points just like NASCAR does. But they also have an element where the teams get points right. too. So they have a two tiered system where it's a team ranking and then uh, the player ra- or the racer ranking. But the, uh, the discrepancy between money and obviously we talk about the finances. So I really honed in on this. I mean, we're talking some teams are spending 300 to 400 million dollars and then you've got some teams that are maybe spending 50 million. I mean, it's an extreme uh, like English soccer. Yeah. Yeah, it's an extreme <laughs> gap between the amount and then you have one racer who makes 40 million in a season and then you have someone who makes 250,000 in mm. a season. I mean, it's super it's super big gap between the the finances but some of the technology is just unbelievable they have in their pits uh, they have 
real-time GPS on all the cars, where they are on the track at the time. Uh, they, they are able to see in the different metrics on their screen. Um, it, it just fascinating. Yeah. Really, really interesting that, I mean, they're very open on in talking about contracts. I mean, the, the interesting thing that I also heard was they don't have a quote unquote, uh, off season free agency, like these other leagues. I mean, these drivers are figuring out where they're going weeks before the end of the season. So mm -hmm. you may be driving for one for your team right now, but three week, three races before the end of the season, you've committed to another team. Wow. So the dynamic is, is really interesting. It, you should definitely take a watch. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think you'll get a lot out of it. And um, I, I'm just about to start season two, which is uh, will be the 2019 season. So I'm interested to see where that goes. So I shouldn't just be watching the Mighty Ducks reruns? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, nothing wrong with god them. they're bad <laughs> so bad they're good though so oh, bad they're good yeah all right this was good all right my thanks to the athletic visit theathletic.com slash spot track s-p-o-t-r-a-c i'm going to take a guess and say that they're going to talk about this iRacing stuff quite a bit on uh, either tonight or tomorrow right and uh, hopefully we'll have some viewer ratings and some some online ratings and some Twitter rating and all that stuff because I want to see how this thing really comes together. Really cool story, though. Yeah. All right, that, Scott, thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back uh, maybe tomorrow. What do you think? Yeah. Should we go a couple days in a row here? Yeah, let's give it a shot. All right. My thanks to Scott Allen. Thanks for joining this edition of the Spot Trek Podcast. <laughs>